Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 49 of the KDH podcast. Today, I am joined by Mark Straffern. Yes, say that right, man, literally before we were talking, right, <laughs> talking about it right before, and I was saying, mate, I have literally said your surname so many times, I've heard so many people say it, and I'm like, how do you actually say it? And I've actually mentioned it on the podcast wrong as well. So we're joined by Mark today, and the topic of the podcast today couldn't be any more applicable to this guy because it is owning the shit out of your journey with Mark Straffern. So how are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you so much for having me on. In 49 episodes, by the way, that is consistency. Yeah, no, it is. It really, really is, man. Like, I remember when I started it, like, I never even thought, like, one year down the line it would be where it is, man. So it's crazy. Like, it's just one of those ones you just chip away, show up at it and just wing it and you get better and better at it. So thanks very much, mate. So to give everyone a bit of an insight, Mark, to like who you are and what you do, can you give us a bit of a background on you, your story and what you're doing now? Yep. So it's kind of weird. I, I answer this question in a bit of a different way than many people would, like especially because we're going to come on and talk about identity. I think it's very, very appropriate that people focus less just on the labels that they hold on a daily basis or the hats they wear on a daily basis and focus more on their qualities like the endearing qualities that they have as an individual that makes them them because a lot of the time if you just measure yourself off like being a coach so guys and girls I'm an online coach <laughs> I come from Glasgow um, I am a son I am a partner I am a brother like I am a friend to people but I think when you put all of your eggs in one basket with these hats and labels that you wear, a lot of the time you're opening yourself up to volatility because you're putting your happiness in the hands of other people. So, for example, I don't have kids, but I work with a lot of parents that do have kids, of course. But the volatilities that are created there is that they identify themselves purely as a father or a mother, which means that the highs and lows that come with their child's development, also they go through the motions with it. They go through the emotions, they go through the ups and downs, the peaks, the troughs. So I like to speak about myself in a more quality-driven way, which I'm a very strong, independent, dynamic, resilient, determined individual. Like I will always make things work based upon the difficulties that I've been through previously. And that's probably why I identify myself the way that I do now, because I've identified myself in the past due to things that create volatility in my life. So... We'll probably touch on that a little bit more, but essentially I've been in the industry for seven years. The work that I do with clients is predominantly on self-worth and identity because there is usually a far greater reason as to why people want to go through this, this body transformation or this fitness journey. I know that was particularly the reason for me and I often sought out happiness in my body, but a lot of the time that actually brought me more unhappiness in the long run because I was searching for worth in something that I didn't actually fully value and I was focusing on what the perceived detriment was. I was comparing myself to other people, how they looked and thought that if I took control of my body, I would finally be worthy, especially in the day and age that we're in currently with social media and stuff. And that wasn't the case. Like I took control of my body because I thought that it would give me validation. It would give me acceptance of other people based upon past experiences, relationships and stuff. And essentially, when your worth is low and you focus on your body, a lot of the time what happens is you then don't feel the love that you are truly looking for within yourself based upon how you truly look because you just see your body as an ornament rather than an instrument and you don't then get the validation that you are looking for from other people because you can't expect yourself from anyone else. So it's quite an intricate subject we're going to discuss but essentially I would always recommend people to look at their qualities and define themselves by that because you can open yourself up to, to a lot more harm 
if you just focus on the labels that you hold on a daily basis or the hats that you wear. But yeah, been in the industry seven years. Um, I'm an online coach focused mainly on identity work, self-worth, so that people can psychologically change physiologically. That's pretty much the basis of it. Yeah, I think that's honestly a great introduction, mate. And I knew, I was just listening there, like I knew this was going to be the sort of response for Mark. And like, it's so true. And one of the sort of conversations I've been having with so many clients this week, check-ins in my open coaching call is the transformation happens between the ears. That's where the transformation happens. And do you know what? Someone can get an absolutely rock solid body. They can achieve a serious amount of like drop a significant amount of body fat, do amazing things with their fitness. But if they haven't accepted who they are and the person they want to become, that is the biggest barrier. And that's how you see people talk about things. I used to be here. Yeah. I done this. I done X. And now I'm here. Because yes, they've seen that they use tools different things to get them to a place but they didn't fully accept that that was part of their lifestyle and this is the sort of when you maybe see people like jumping between things and it's one of the things I pride myself on as a coach I'm like you come at me I'm the last point of contact you don't need to go back to your six week challenges your back and forward and things that I previously ran and stuff and it's like I seen that people would just yo-yo in and out of it they would come lose a bit of weight it's like it's not about that and it is good that you're helping someone feel good but i get where your mission is mark it's to help people do it for the rest of their days not just to lose x amount of weight and i think i know again going off on a wee bit of a tangent here i had the same conversation with a client of mine that's going through a big fat loss journey and um it's not something i usually predominantly work with people on like a, a long-term fat loss journey but i'm loving it it's it's, it's great and honestly, this particular client is going to like is changing their life. Like, and it's the, what they've went through. I've never experienced with some someone on this kind of fat loss journey. And like they've had major big breakthroughs. And we spoke about weight loss, and it was basically talking about how they weren't happy with the weight they'd lost recently. And I went a bit more in depth to it, and I said, "Look, you're probably comparing yourself to Linda or Gary, that has basically, for example, went down a six week diet that's at." Technically speaking, a diet that probably consists of about a thousand calories per day and you're gamifying it. They have lost a significant amount of body fat and body weight because they have ate 1000 calories per day. However, what we're doing is we are changing your habits, your lifestyle, your mindset. We're giving you fitness for life. And like right after that, they were just like, I know, I, I get it. And I was like, this is major breakthroughs. And like that, that conversation yesterday just gave me so like so much happiness just from the back end of that because I was like I know this person's life is changing because they're no longer thinking like that and I think that like there's vulnerabilities there and it's our jobs as coaches to step in and be like when the holes are there we just go nuts all right this is but I want you to just think of it this way and when you think of things differently and shift your perspective it, it does and that's just a, I think that's just a testament to the transformation isn't just about weight loss or as you said, the hat that you wear, it's about actually shifting and becoming the person you want to be, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think with that as well, like people that have great respect for themselves, people that actively show themselves more kindness, care, compassion, they do not choosingly and willingly take themselves closer to mortality. So if you have someone come to you as a coach or if you are someone listening to this that is overweight, you're not going to choosingly be overweight and take yourself closer to an early grave with poorer habits if you have the love and respect for yourself that you should have for yourself. Because essentially that's what you're guaranteeing with the habits you're creating for yourself. You're creating this final destination of life to come far sooner than actually then increasing the longevity of your life. 
like yeah. people are bringing that gravestone closer and that might sound a little bit morbid and because it's so far down the line people can't really connect to that as to why they have the next takeaway or have the next like family-sized bar of chocolate one after the other because that's too far in the future that they don't understand that that can that can actually be the the final impact of their actions now because people do everything for what is in front of them now and a lot of the time when it comes down to people who who are in that position they just they hold a very negative body image for themselves and a negative body image can actually be held by people not even that are overweight or obese um they can actually be held with people that are actually perceived to be in great shape a negative body image is usually highly associated when your self-worth is extremely low and a negative body image just means that all of your achievements are never going to actually feel like achievements to you so you might say i want to get to x weight i want to get to x dress size a lot of the time these days you'll hear people say i want to look like x now you might get there and then all of a sudden you're no happier like you are actually just as unhappy with the weight you've lost not the fact that you've lost the weight, it's just you're unhappy still within the four walls of your own mind because you're still looking at yourself through a negative lens and you're not giving yourself the credit for the achievements that you've actually gone through. And that can be very, very detrimental and a very, very, very good sign for this. And so many people listening will probably be able to um, understand it very well is when you're growing up and you're going through like your teenage years, your early 20s, and you are looking at your body and you're picking it apart, so many people now, further afield from there, will be a lot older. They'll have families, kids, husbands, wife, whatever it will be, and they'll have fell into greater, greater and poorer habits as a result of that. And they'll probably be further out of shape than they were in their late teens or early 20s. They'll now be reflecting back and saying to themselves, oh, do you know what? I can't believe I was picking my body apart there because I wish I could go back and look like that. How many times have you heard that from a client? Yeah. Um, that just goes to show that they had a negative body image back then and they still have a negative body image now because they couldn't appreciate in the past when they actually looked great. And back then they couldn't appreciate it because they didn't think they looked great because their worth was too low. Their worth was too low to appreciate it. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's crazy how long people can live showing themselves less care, compassion and less kindness, to be perfectly honest, and how so many people's self-worth is so low for so many years of their life. Yeah, because everyone is just thinking in the now. Yeah. I mean, they're stuck in that sort of, and that happens quite a lot with so many things. And I know this is very, very off topic, but like people, you you spoke there about obviously mindset and like people's body image and stuff. It's the same with like eating disorders, right? People often talk about like when you hear, oh, how can that person have an eating disorder? They're not, they're they're overweight or they're just because it's perceived by the way they look, but they're not thinking about the way that person thinks. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that is the eating disorder. It's the way the person thinks. Or like if someone goes, oh, I'm unhappy in your body. And like, well, how can you be? You look that way. And it's it's not to do with, it's because the way the person's thinking is in the now, isn't it? But then it's not until you step away. And I've even been guilty of it. Like, like I remember last year, like I accidentally got into ridiculous shape. And this is something that a lot of people experience. And it's not, it, I didn't like I didn't do it purposely. I was doing a lot and I was I was just loving my training at the time. It was very, very high intensity. And you probably experienced this as well, Mark. Like when you just do it by accident sometimes. And I remember at the time looking at myself going, I wish I was a wee bit leaner. Yeah. I mean, like going, oh, I wish I was. And I look back at photos and I was like, man, I was actually peeled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what the fuck? And like, your, your, your mind's a crazy thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think. As well, like just to be transparent for anyone that is listening and they may always think like, oh, they, they don't get it. Like I had a binge eating disorder for 18 months at its strongest and 
that was down to myself worth. Like I didn't really know kind of what my vision was in life, like what kind of impact I wanted to have in the world. I was just lost generally. And then I thought to myself, you know what? The only thing, and this is why people focus on their body transformation. I thought to myself, right, I can't control how I feel, which is absolute bollocks. But what I can control is how my body looks. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to measure my success on the thing that I can see. Because see, see because people can't see their emotions and see their feelings, it's almost like, well, how do I use that as a metric for development? Like my self-worth, how do I measure that? Like, well, you measure it on how, how kindly you speak to yourself, how much credit you give yourself for your achievements, like how much you use improved terminology with yourself, how improved your relationship with food is, all of this sort of stuff. So many different measures of it. But I remember thinking to myself, right, I'm going to take control of my body and I'm going to go through this journey and I'm going to step on a, a bodybuilding stage. So I, I competed with a physique competitors back in 2015. And what I'd done at that point was go into an extremely strict dieting phase for 20 weeks, got into insane shape and actually thought I was going to win it. But I didn't want to win it to win the competition because I was competitive in that field. I wanted to win it for the validation that I was actually good enough because I was lost at that point in my life. Then I was on stage and I never placed, was told within three minutes, basically that the last 20 weeks of work was not good enough. And my self-worth went even further through the floor. And then off the back of it, basically adapted all of these binge eating disorder symptoms and couldn't control myself. Went through pretty much a year of binge eating and the following year thought the only thing that I could do to claw back um, my physique was to go through that again. So I competed for another year and this is what people need to understand are consistently yo-yo dieting. They are just thinking with the same cycle all the time. It's like, you know what, the problem is the nutrition, so I'm going to find a new diet. The problem's with the training, so I'm going to find a new training regime. You know what, that number of steps didn't work, so I'm going to do this number of steps. That's not the issue. The issue is that you have a poorer relationship with yourself. Your identity is flawed. Like that year that I competed the first year and then developed the binge eating disorder, I was so out of shape between the first year competing and the second year competing. I used to wear a hoodie training, trousers training and like 30 degree heat middle summer. Like, because I, I was, I had an identity complex. I was that guy that got in shape and now I was completely out of shape for the only, and then the only thing for me to kind of claw back that identity even with my binge eating disorder, was to go back into to the prep stage again. And that just goes to show how surface level I was thinking. Like, this is going to solve my problems. If I get into shape again, that will solve my problems. I was then even in worse shape again off the back of that until I got to the point, like, enough is enough. Like, probably lowest point in my life was the catalyst for me to go, you need to do something different here. And now, like you were kind of just saying, I'm now in the best shape of my life and I've not even meant it <laughs> because... Mm -hmm. I'm, fo I'm not focusing on what the perceived detriment is. What people need to understand is see if they chase something that they perceive to be the detriment, they will put themselves under far too much pressure, which then comes with a lot of emotional volatility. That emotional volatility will be associated with disordered eating symptoms, will come with less exercise, will come with more self-rejection and just a lack of emotional intelligence around making better decisions that will actually aid the outcome rather than take away from it so the one um the one example i always like to use with us is my dog sunday so i know your mom and dad have a dog right so and i think is, is it a cockapoo, cockapoo they have? yeah yeah well sunday's a cavapoo and the way that i always like to think of it is see when you take them around the park right and you're ready to go home after throwing the ball like it's maybe 25 minutes 30 minutes in you've been throwing the ball for ages 
and you're like, right, I'm done here. I've been throwing a ball for 30 minutes because the dog's not done. So you walk over to get the ball off the dog and the dog's like, nah, fuck you. Runs over the other side of the park. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, right, she's running the cunt here, but I'm going to get the ball off her. You go over again, she runs away again. Now, something that can happen very, very quickly, there is human beings love to go from zero to 100 because they manifest the worst case scenario in their mind based upon fear. And we were actually kind of talking about this this morning on the call we were on. And what basically happens is at that point where your mind can take you is the dog's going to run away from me completely. She's going to end up running out the park. She's going to end up getting lost. Then I'm going to lose her forever. Or you might think, oh, another dog's going to come in and attack her if I don't get her back on the lead. Or you might think another dog might come in the park, spook her, she runs out on the road, she gets hit by a car. Human brains work that way where it just goes zero to 100 because it's a defense mechanism. So in that point, you would probably get even more emotionally volatile and I would be running around the park trying to grab her because and shouting because it would get to a point where it's like, right, I need her back in the lead because something bad's going to happen. Whereas if you just turn around and start walking away, the dog goes... I'm a fucking house dog. Like, Aye. I can't live in the wild. <laughs> I can't live out here. Like, I need a roof over my head. I need food. I'm not going to be able to battle these foxes and all these other animals out here at night. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you turn around and the dog's right behind you because you've not focused on the perceived detriment. You've focused your effort self-aware and you've relinquished that pressure that you usually put on yourself. And the outcome has been what you wanted as a result. But it's easier said than done. It takes a lot of work to get to that point because when you're emotionally involved with your final outcome, people struggle to take emotion out of it and that's where mood tolerance is so important. Yeah, and I think like to break it down what you've just been talking about there for everyone listening, that it's just that's just a key example of being process-focused versus outcome-focused. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just like focus on the process and do you know what? I had such a nice message there of a, a woman that was inquiring about the uh, project level up and she was basically saying that like one of the things she was saying was that's flicked with my content recently was she realized that her journey and why it's got so well was because she started focusing on the process and let go of the outcome. But the hard thing is as well for people when they're listening to this and they're trying to own their journey and it's like, what do you not focus on the outcome? Although you set outcomes, but you focus on the process required to get there. Then yeah. once you get there, you move on to the next one. That's it. Whereas if you make the full journey about an outcome, weight loss that's when you start making mistakes and if you can flick that switch and realize that that's not the main thing in it that's not like that is when you change it and I actually made a video with this the other day and people aren't light switches they're not going to just flick and change right away if someone's been thinking about weight loss or their body weight or the body image for 30 years you're not going to change that in a month no. You're going to have to give it time. You're going to have to understand it. And even when the, when someone says, I know it's not about weight, they're just saying that to please you. Yeah. They are, that they do. They think it's about that. And you have to just give it time to change it as well. And it's just one of those ones. It's like, it will change. And But as you said, when you fall back into that frame of mind, you're poking holes in yourself because you're starting to literally show vulnerabilities. And that's where people need pivoted. And that's where people F up in it. That's where the... the that's what people start tripping up when the holes come and into the when you start shining holes through someone, you see big differences there. But like, see what you were saying as well, Mark. Thanks very much for sharing that about like I know that you just talk about it your socials and stuff as well. Like, I think like that is just a key example of it. Like, I talk about it. I'm not a big fan of bodybuilding. Like, I love bodybuilding training. I love building muscle. I love functional training. I love just celebrating my body. To be honest, just just fucking moving. I just like doing things that just literally take it. But I feel like sometimes that like, you have just nailed down where you could probably, everyone can, and it's not to 
it's not to belittle anyone, but everyone probably knows at least a handful of people that are in that position right now when they're in that predicament. And it's such a shame because they have turned to it for that. But the fact that no one speaks out of it, we're not doing it in a belittling way. We're just talking about no, no. the realities. Like it is majorly outcome focused, like, like aesthetic training is outcome focused, especially bodybuilding, stepping on a stage to be judged by random strangers on how you look when we're all made up differently. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's uh, you're all your mental health up there to just pure exploitation, yeah. Or like, even when someone talks about even like I spoke about this, but like photo shoots are class and stuff, but I think now people are they can turn to them in a bit of a way that's like they don't want to be a bodybuilder, but they want to go through the same thing a bodybuilder does, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like it's class that folk want to do it, but I think people need to question the motive behind why you're doing it first, yeah. Like, why are you doing this? And I think that's the biggest thing, and it's like. Again, people will say the surface layer answers, oh, it's because I want to be confident. And you're like, no, well, why do you feel unconfident? Yeah. Well, I'm not happy in my body. Why do you not feel unhappy in your body? Oh, well, I look in the mirror and I, I just, I feel overweight. I feel unenergetic. Right? Let's fucking get down to the bottom of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, let, let's, let's solve that. Let's make you more energetic. Yeah. Let's not just dress it up with a 12-week shoot. Do you know what I mean? Or a, a bodybuilding composition, a, a competition like, Let's actually get down to the bottom of why your energy shit. And then it's not until you start giving someone purpose identity, they start going like that. Holy shit. And I have this with a lot of clients. They hate their job. They realize that they don't like their job because they realize that they're so much more fulfilled within their body and their mind. They're like, I thought I liked that job. I don't. Because yeah. they've realized that they've got way more potential. And see when you can have transformations with that. And I talk to people about this, even when they're inquiring about project level. And I say, I'm not a life coach. I'm not. I'm a fucking personal trainer. However, I know that a life-changing result comes more than a training program and a PDF. Do you know what I mean? It comes with actually asking yourself questions that you may not like the answer to, literally constantly reflecting, setting yourself big goals and literally figuring out why you're doing something instead of actually saying just, like just again, the surface level things. Like, cause it's almost as if as a coach, sometimes people just say things because they know, they think you want to hear it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And like, that's kind of what I pride myself on. I'll never just tell someone what they, they want to hear. It's yeah. always what you need to hear. Like, someone does reach out to me and they are five stone overweight straight away that I know for a fact that the bigger problem is something far deeper because no one will be five stone overweight choosingly. So, yeah. right, let's look at the reason why. And you'll probably be so surprised at how many how many people are living with a degree of trauma that they've not actually processed. That's obviously why in my program now we've got a psychotherapist on board because the level of clients that I work with when it comes down to identity and self-worth, a lot of them have unprocessed trauma. And trauma doesn't have to be that you've went to war and you've seen people getting blown up. It can be things that have manifested in your mind that you've not processed or dealt with from a very young age. Because when you're children or when you're teenagers going through your first relationship, so you have a pretty volatile relationship with your family, whatever it may be, like you experience things, you see things, you hear things like for the first time that you don't have the, pro the, the proper coping mechanisms, the understanding or the emotional intelligence to digest. That's why a lot of people now as adults have coping mechanisms around food, alcohol, gambling, because that is their go-to coping mechanism when they feel unsafe. But see as, a, see as an adult, every single person even listening to this is safe. Every single person listening to this will be on an expensive phone. They'll have a roof over their head. They'll have money in the bank. They'll have people that love them in their life. So the adult version of you is safe, has everything that they need. Yet when you start to disrespect yourself, that's your inner child feeling unsafe and drives you to disrespect yourself in a way that allows you to regain control. That's why people turn to the food. That's why people turn to the turn to the alcohol, the gambling. Like 
work with people who have turned to porn, for example, because it feels like they have this sense of control over feeling unsafe. And that goes to show again how deep-rooted the problem really is yeah. because it then brings them back down to like childhood or teenage years and so on and so forth. You're programmed when you're a child, aren't you? You're, you're, as you said, like because you don't know how to cope with it, you think in such a way that your mind just kind of dials in going like, I don't really know what's happening right now, but I'm going to think of this because this is what how I can understand and do this. And then, as you said, like when you become reactive, when you become vulnerable, all these little things come out and everyone's got their own traits. I know myself, like minds are things like, like I have a se- sense of entitlement when I'm literally, when I get, when I get angry or I get reactive, I get a sense of entitlement and folk will be like, Chris is entitled. And I'm like, but at the end of the day, I'm all right with that. Like, I know that I know it. like, I know myself, like I, I get that I'm no perfect. I get that these things happen as well. And it, it does. But, and the thing is that if, like, if anyone know, like we're all weird and wonderful and we're all, we're all strange. We all have, I always say to clients, like no one's like any mad thought you've ever had someone else has said I'm even madder one 100% like we're all pure weirdos and people uh, understand that <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about such weird things and this was actually a really good point I brought up in last night's uh, open coaching call when we were talking about it and I was like I can't remember the name of the actual but I was basically saying you're only as strong as the, the boundaries you have in your life and we were talking about loads of different things and it was good it was just a nice little bit of a breakout with everyone just chatting about things and one of the things we we're saying is like you, everything that you do you needs to go back to like is it serving you like and this is something that can happen especially when folk talk about like you'll probably get this as well people message you and say do my steps track my calories not losing any weight it's just, and it's like, <laughs> like just literally again surface level stuff there's so many things that you can respond to that with but it's like is like Right, we get it. Like these are the instruments in place. You need be, you need more education, number one, behind it, because there's more to it than that. But at the same time, it's like, are you doing this for it? To, is it benefiting you? And the conversation we were having last night is when people become overwhelmed by habit stacking. Yeah. So one of the first things and modules people work through when they come onto my program is literally setting up the morning, evening routines. And one of the modules I actually added into the end of it recently was guys, I was like, you are going to come in a few weeks and be overwhelmed by the habits that you've stacked one morning, then you yeah. need to remember that the habits that you have stacked need to serve you. Like, so see, like, like if you get up, you do your walk in the morning, you go and do your steps. Like, I have a morning routine, but this week, because I've been busy, a little bit more tired, I've prioritized sleep. So in the morning, I've not had time to read or yeah. go for a walk some mornings, but I've still got all the things done because I know that that serves me and puts me in a place. Whereas... Other people might go, right, need to do X, Y, and Z, need to hit calories, need to do this. And you're like, no, you do it, you do it. Everything you're doing is there to put you in a better place, not yep. just to tick it off. And this was it was a, it was a really good conversation last night because it's everyone can put their hand up and say it, me and you as well, Mark, when you get overwhelmed by booking yourself out and you're actually booking yourself out to benefit yourself. Yeah, it's, it's state management and that's what people need to understand. Like state management sometimes will mean sleeping longer and then missing out on the read of the walk whereas other times it might be like no you know what i need to go up just now because i can sense today is going to be hectic and i need to get that walk in to clear my head that's going to improve my state and people should always be asking themselves like when am i at my best and again just like you were saying there you're talking to people that don't like their job i'm like right so you're not at your best for something that you do the majority of your waking life why are you not finding something else and i had this argument a couple of weeks ago with someone who said not everyone can do what they love and i said why I know. Why, can they, why can they not and they were going well they, they, they just can't I was like but but why 
They're like, well, just because like not everyone knows. And I'm like, but so they could find out. They're like, well, yeah, but like even then, like it's maybe not feasible or it's and I was like, that's bollocks. Like I gave up a full-time job to go into coaching. I basically put myself into debt for six months because I didn't have a job for that six-month period while I was getting my qualification and stuff and then built a business from the ground up. So that is absolute horseshit. It, mate, it is. It's so true. It's like when people say things, like it's a cop-out. It's just that it's an easy cop-out to say things. I remember like, I actually mentioned this in a podcast. It was a, I remember lockdown last year. Like I done really well. Like, everything went well. And I remember this coach went, but yeah, you don't have a mortgage. And I went, what? <laughs> What does that mean? Like, just words. Like, ah, you don't have a mortgage, though. I'm like, I, I don't get that. Or like, folks say things like, I but you, you, you've no kids, do you? And I'm like, surely that should put more pressure on you. Like, yeah. if anything, surely that should actually be something that's like, like, like Lee in this morning's conversation was talking about when he moved abroad, and it was just it, it, it shaped him into a person. And I think sometimes it's like people just don't like that challenge you need to have a challenge there and like i was i've actually spoken to a few pts recently and i've been the person that's prompted them to just do what they like they've i've just said to them i've went look like they've been maybe talking to me back and forward like going i'm like the only thing that's behind you actually making this move is your conviction in yourself yeah Yeah. that's it that is the only thing that's actually stopping someone from doing it when they say something like oh like i man i would love to do that but right now I've, I've not got enough money there that and you're like well go, go and do it actually go and make the money that then allows you to do it instead of just saying you're going to wait till a day that's going to come or like it's the same with like i'm going to get fit first and then i'm going to literally do it or i'm going to lose weight first and then i'm going to go to the gym i'm like stop fucking telling yourself stories yeah. and just get on with it and do it because you realize the sooner you do it the sooner you realize that like it's just like an evolution and things snowball and then you're able to deal with much more. Yeah. I mean, like I sometimes think about when I've had a really busy week, right? And I, that last week I, I looked over, I had a great, I've had a great two weeks, to be honest. They're just so good. And last week I'd done a bit of a, a bit of a breakdown in my full week. And I went, fucking hell, I've done so much. But yeah. that's because as you grow as a person, you're cope. I remember Jamie Alderton said this. And it was when I was starting off as a PT and I followed him. And I remember, like, I was like, man, that guy actually does an insane amount in a day. But what actually increased was his quality. It what wasn't his quantity. It was his quality of what, he's, what he'd done improved. He did. And I, I remember that that's what I was confused with. So I started going, I need to do more hours. I need to do this. And it's the same with someone on a journey when they start thinking about more steps, more weight loss, oh, more weight. Oh, why is my weight in the gym not going up? I'm a failure, my failure. And you're like... It's not, it's the quality of what you do. And if you, you need to think bigger picture, you need to think like two years in advance. I'm not saying you need to live in the, in the future, but you need to think about like, and that's what I think about even when I started my Ironman journey, when I got in the pool, I knew I couldn't swim, but I knew I, could, I was going to be able to swim. Yeah. If yeah. I just kept showing up, but folk don't, they, 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 it's hard to see. And I'm not saying you can, but you just need to realize that if you show up, like I like because folk were talking to me as well about the training. A lot of folk have been interested in it recently. And they say, like, what do you do in the run-up to your Ironman? Do you just do like two Ironman in a week or something before it? And it's like, no, the, the volume of what you do just grows. As you can manage it. As you manage it, it just grows. Like you do like I might be doing six sessions in a week, but six sessions now are a much higher quality of what they were three months ago. Yeah. And it's yeah. like it's just understanding that things grow and you get better. And it's the same with physique. Like 
you can literally transform your body. I always say to everyone, the bare minimal that you should be in the gym if you want to really transform your week is three times per week. And then they go, all right, okay. Then does it go up to five, then six? I'm like, no, you can just keep it free if you want. Improve quality. Yeah, that's that, improve quality. And it's like, what do you mean? They're like steps. It's like, well, someone does more steps. This is great. Well, I do 100,000 this week, but I do 150,000 this week. And you're like, no, just keep doing it. Yeah, it's just keep, co- doing it. Yeah. keep doing it. Like just, and honestly, you need to do 100,000 steps each week. But what I'm saying is like, like if you just see in your journey that it's like the value of what you're doing is going to change who you are in a year. And like, and then throughout that as well, like I kind of went on a bit of a rant here, Mark, but like literally talking about things like that, even that quality, I think about this in such a different way now. Like when I started my podcast, we mentioned this at the beginning, I knew if I just done one a week, every week, it would get better at it. See throughout that journey, I knew that exciting things were going to happen. I actually said this in a podcast recently. I would say it's the reason I'm an online coach now from, from a podcast that but I see the value in that with things when I see like, if I sign up, like when I signed up to work with Phil and stuff, I was like, oh man, I'm excited because in six months, I'm going to be a different coach. Yeah. Or when I actually sign up to do this Ironman, I'm going to have a total different endurance mindset in six months, which I do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I, see, in the, I see in the future now, like I think, I don't, I don't see the future, but like I think like, man, this is going to benefit me this way. Whereas me so many years ago, probably would have looked at things and went, Oh, that's a lot there. That's quite a oh man, like all that investing in yourself. Oh, that's just quite a lot of money doing that. But now I just see it as like that's going to give me so much value. That's yeah. going to make me so much better off. That's going to grow me as a person. That's going to make me so much stronger. That's going to benefit my my life. That's going to make me more money. I, I don't see it as like a the front. Whereas that's where a lot of people, it's the surface level. Because if you only think surface level, you will only see surface level. 100% and yeah. I, I, I was doing a charity do through November where it was like a half Ironman every Wednesday in November for charity and I'd never cycled ran or swam the distances that I said I was going to do and every single length every single stride every single like cycle just said to myself right in the pool next length and you're done just do one more length just promise yourself one more length and then once you prove to yourself that you can do that one length it's like okay well I can do another one and then you look at the run it's like right I'll just do one mile and then I'll stop for a break. You do that and you realise, you know what, I don't have to stop for a break here. You cycle a mile or, or a kilometre, and it's like, I'll stop then. See if you can just cut it down to like the, literally the bare minimum and then understand that you can then volumise it from there because you can then start to manage it and gain the trust in yourself that you need to prove to yourself that you can do it because that's the thing. Like people just need to show themselves that they can because they've let themselves off the hook for too long. So it's just building trust back in themselves so that they understand that they can achieve something. And that's where confidence comes from because confidence is just an act. Literally, it's a performance. People are sure of themselves because they've done something enough times to know that they can do it. <laughs> that is literally it. So people are like, oh, you're so confident. It's like, guy, because I've done it enough. Maybe if you started, you would then be able to do it. And that's the thing about identity shift. Like you need to build undeniable trust in yourself from giving yourself very, very small goals. Like if it's raining outside, like the stress is in the gaps. The stress for you is you're going to go outside and you're going to get wet and it's going to be an uncomfortable walk. But once you're out, you realise one, the rain's not acid and it's not going to burn your skin and you realise that you can stay out for longer periods of time. So just promise yourself the literally the bare minimum, like if you want to become a healthier individual, promise yourself that you'll go out in the rain for 100 steps. If you said to someone, is that doable? Is that embarrassingly small? They'll go, yep. Can you do it? Yep. And then it's like, oh my, I've done 2,000 steps instead of 100 and it's like, aye. Because when you're out, you realise that you can get over the first hurdle of getting out and then that's just proven to you that can, you can do it time and time again and before you know it, they're walking 
miles. It's just that, like you said earlier on, they're just focusing on outcome at the end rather than just the next goal being the end goal. So like the end goal for you just now is the next walk or it's the next meal or it's the next workout. That is the end goal. And when you look at it like that, it's so much easier to facilitate. A hundred percent. You need to just break it down. You need to just, I remember Joe said this in the podcast that Joe Parrish, start with the end in mind and then work back the way from there. So that's a key example of it is important to have an outcome. Yeah. However, it needs to be like, again, outcomes can't just be something that you're going to achieve in a week. I need to lose weight. You can lose. I've had clients that lost seven pounds in a week. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can't just focus on something that's going to happen on a week. Do you know what I mean? It needs to be a bit deeper, like, and going that way as well. And like, yeah, it is one of these metrics, like, it is and it isn't important. It's a metrics that we're going to see data move up and down and we're going to see it change over time, but it's not really the thing that you should be primarily focusing on. Do you know what I mean? So it is a, a big, big change there. We have completely, like, I knew this would happen, mate. Like, we haven't even literally just literally went, who are you and what do you do? And we've literally just owned the shit out of the journey, mate. So, um, to kind of uh, the last sort of what I ask one of the questions, because I know that we have delivered so much value, but one of the things I kind of want to ask you just to kind of finish it off before before we round it off is like I said already like your person you're only as strong as your personal boundaries what five personal standards would you recommend to someone that's trying to take control with their lifestyle and routine yeah well the first thing above all else just understand that in order to be who you need to be for everyone else you must first serve yourself if you think spending more time than necessary with your kids or with your family or with your friends is bringing you or them more happiness you're completely wrong the, the amount of clients, even you know, that spend more time with their kids or their families or their partners that are not present when they're doing it. Like they're scrolling through their phones or they're not actually having like a, a meaningful conversation. Like I'll speak to clients and I'll say, how long did you actually speak to your partner for during that three hours you spent with them yesterday when you could have been at the gym? Um, what did you talk about? They're like, um, <laughs> like that just goes to show that that time could have been better utilised. But a lot of the time, what people seem to think is that if they spend more time with people, they'll get the love and the validation from people rather than having to give it to themselves because it's easier to get and it's less energy, like it's less of an energy demand. So it's like, right, if I spend more time with this person, they're going to show me more love and that's easier than going to the gym because human beings are energy conserving machines. So we are programmed to conserve energy. So if you think gym session or sitting on the couch with my partner, it's so much easier to go there. So if you want to be better for other people, which is a purpose, like that's what gives people purpose, then you need to serve yourself first. So I would always say just that you were kind of touching on there, solid morning routine. I mean, it's it's uninterrupted time that you get to yourself. So I don't know why anyone doesn't have one. And if it's like some bollocks answer of like, I, I, I go to my bed too late, go to your bed earlier. <laughs> like again, just pure bullshit narrative. So morning routine has to be number one. Number two would probably have a degree of understanding around listening to your body instead of, just always focusing on the metrics. So like I was saying earlier on, like you're chasing a state of happiness and a state of well-being. If you feel as though the walk is actually going to put you under more stress, that stress then lifts your emotions. With higher degrees of emotions, you have poorer intelligence. So if you stress yourself out by trying to get that extra session and when really you do need to rest a little bit or that extra walk or whatever it may be, you need to understand that if that's going to affect your state negatively, that level of stress and emotion that's heightened will then probably counteract what it is that you're doing anyway because you'll end up leading yourself to food or some other form of comfort because you're emotionally volatile because you've not got a lot of logic at that point. So 
always understand state management. Like that needs to be a personal standard and your body will tell you, I need this or I need that. Listen to it because people just are too busy listening to fucking people on Instagram, listening to their iWatches, listening to like their sleep score, all of this bollocks, like listen intuitively to your body. That needs to be a personal standard because if you're not listening to your body, you don't have a relationship with it. And how can you then respect it the way that it needs respected? Um, third would definitely be a nighttime routine as well. I would have put that together with a morning routine, but to be honest, both are separate, but both are overarching outcomes for sleep culture. And they both look after your sleep. People don't actually realise that morning routines look after your sleep just as much as nighttime routines do, but both are hand in hand with one another. Um, so always get a good nighttime routine. Lower screen time. Like I am very rarely actually on social media or on my phone, to be perfectly honest, like with clients. I've got a desktop app that I use so that I can stay away from my phone. My social media time will never, ever, ever be over one hour a day. And that's at its max if I'm going on and speaking to quite a few people or adding value. But I never look at my phone before 9 a.m. And I never look at it after 8 p.m. That is a rule. So people will be messaging me first thing in the morning and I'll not pick it up until the earliest 9 a.m. And people roll out their bed and pick up their phone and literally go on their phone first thing and then start their day off in a very, very negative way because they've seen something that doesn't really sit well with them. And essentially, they have sought out a low-value task, a low-energy task. So when you give out less energy to a task, you get less energy back. Think about phone use, think about alcohol, think about takeaways, think about so um, think about like Netflix and stuff. Very low energy demand, but the energy that you get back is even worse than the energy that you have to give out. So it's like a negative energy demand. Whereas if you go a run or you get up and do a walk, you meal prep, you feel productive after it. So the energy you've used, you get even more energy back because the emotions that are heightened is like joy, achievement, fulfillment. So you feel 10 times better about it. So lowering screen time's massive. And final one is always put time aside to spend with yourself every single day. Like too many people are either at work with their friends with their families, but never actually take time to just digest their own thoughts. And that is a huge sign as whether or not, or two, as whether, as whether or not. Is that right? <laughs> That's a huge sign, basically, to see whether or not you are happy in the four walls of your own head. See, if you can't spend time with yourself and really digest everything that's going on through your day and reflect and understand what you can do better moving forward and what obstacles you're, you're continuously coming to, then you're never going to move forward. And every single day is an opportunity to grow. And when I say that, it's not about like more money or it's not about like more clients or it's not about like using time more to like do more things. It's just about growing as a person and understanding yourself better, being on this like relentless pursuit of understanding of who you truly are so that you can live the life you truly want to live. Yeah, no, I like those answers, mate. Class, like really, really good. I'm just shutting this door over the <laughs> My mum just came in dropping the dog and I was like, nope, need to shut that over. Um, this literally happened in the last podcast where she just came in and just caused havoc in here. Honestly, man, like uh, all those points there, mate, like it's so true. Like that's a big part of like my program when someone comes on. It's all about state management, energy management right away. Yeah. It's like, like I've had results with clients in the past. I've had results in the past and you've had results in the past where we've done it in a way where state management hasn't been good. And it's not to say you cannot make progress, but to be honest, what defines progress? Do you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Like, and with like ultimately when people come to like say me and you, and like we're giving them the power and the autonomy so that they can live life on their own terms for the rest of their life and be able to be in a position to know when here, 
when do I, do I need to kind of ask myself a question here? When do I, am I showing up for myself? Am I showing up for other people? What am I doing here? And that's it. And like that, like that sort of the, one of the things that kind of resonated with me there was like this morning I woke up and I had a bevy at the weekend, drank more than I had planned. My, my trains felt it all week. I've been totally aware of it though. Like I've still trained, but it's been massively, sleep's been massively impacted. And this morning, my state management was staying in bed till late because I need to get extra sleep. Yeah. And literally, folk will be listening going as if eight's a lion. And it is. <laughs> so like, and when I woke up today, I was like, right, walk, need to get up and get a walk because I felt sluggish and I woke up. And I just immediately managed my state. Like I got up, went a walk, came back, had a uh, had a big pint of water, had a coffee, immediately got out in the sun and done it. Whereas it's that self-awareness that people don't have. And you've just nailed down there, like the pinnacle of literally feeling good is looking after yourself. And that obviously like, it's the same when people reach out or talk to you and they're immediately just talking about like how unhappy they are. And, and they're just saying, and I've done this way exercise and this, 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 this way exercise, exercise. You know, like what you've, you've went to the gym for three hours a week to sort out how unhappy you feel in your body. Yeah. Like there's more to it than that. Do you know I mean? And again, we're not like, we're not overstep, we're, we're not life coaches, we are personal trainers, but at the end of the day, when it comes to getting into like incredible shape, when it comes to like, getting into being in a place you never fought and shifting your mindset, it's not going to just be through literally going in and doing push-pull legs in the gym. No. no. You know I mean? It's, no. it's it's definitely not. So like, honestly, mate, like it's been an amazing podcast today. So just before we kind of, round things off man like what's your sort of plans now mate what's your impact plans for the future mark um impact plans for the future just grow the best um grow the best program in the country that focuses mainly and mostly on um compassion like compassion to yourself compassion to your life compassion to your body compassion to the previous and past version of you but ultimately one that allows you to show yourself the love that you you really truly desire that other people can't even give to you so that you can achieve great things in your life and you can achieve what you're really put here to do instead of feeling less worthy and feeling as though you don't deserve success like everyone else because there's no blueprint to success. The people that will achieve are the people that believe they can achieve. So it's all about opening up people's eyes to believe it because then if they believe it, they will achieve it. 100% mate. Like it. I really like it. So um, thanks very much for coming on mate. It's been brilliant. And uh, just before we shoot, um, guys, if you are listening in, you've loved the podcast, tag both me and Mark in it. Uh, Mark, what is your Instagram handle? It's markstrafern underscore the people's PT. Cool. Right. So, guys, get that on there. And again, rate it on our podcast, screenshot it, messages, let us know what you think, because at the end of the day, that's that's why we do it, man, to deliver value and, and help people. And obviously, that, that's what it does. So, yes, um, guys, thank you very much. And I will catch you in a bit. Goodbye. <laughs>